Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're taking a look at UFOs and parallel dimensions. That's correct, UFOs and parallel dimensions. Now, this article comes to us from LeicesterMercury.co.uk. The title says, A man who saw triangle-shaped UFO takes deep dive into the paranormal. It begins by telling us that Colin Sanders suspects the aircraft are from parallel dimensions rather than from outer space. Now, that's something we've talked about quite often here on this podcast because I, I tend to feel the same way, really. The more I look into this thing, they do seem to be from another dimension. It, it explains so much. It says Tom Mack is a reporter here, and uh, it says, Since his very close encounter with a massive triangle aircraft 24 years ago, so that would have been 1999, Colin Saunders of Barwell near Hinkley, this is over the UK, of course, has had a very different perspective compared to the first four decades of his life. He had been with his wife, daughter, and mother-in-law when they saw a giant craft ripple into existence at the side of the Foss Highway before turning skywards and flying off. I like the way they wrote this, ripple into existence. And that's what we hear so many times with these UFO sightings is that they just seem to appear out of nowhere. And oftentimes, after they appear out of nowhere, they begin to shift into different shapes, different sizes, different colors, all sorts of things. It says, that was March 1999. Since then, Colin's views on aliens and the paranormal have continued to develop based on talking to other people about their experiences and the handful of further odd encounters he has had himself. On one occasion, Colin, now 64, was fishing by the river Soar at Rothley, when he heard footsteps behind him on a farmer's field. He said, I thought it could be someone shooting, so I went up the back to let them know I was there, but I could see no one. I could still hear the clear sound of footsteps and thought it could be a big cat, but the steps went past me from left to right. There was nothing visible there. So clearly something he couldn't see was walking by him. If this thing was advanced enough that he couldn't see it, you think it would be advanced enough to also cloak the sound. So it seems clear to me that whatever this thing was wanted him to hear it. He says, Colin thinks a lot of people experience <clears throat> Colin thinks a lot of people's experiences of ghosts and other images are connected to the UFO sightings that people report, and that beings controlling the ship he saw in nineteen ninety-nine had come from a parallel dimension rather than having flown from distant planets to get to Earth. Colin's new book, which is available on Amazon, has details of several other sightings in the Hinkley area as well as other sightings from around the UK. The book is called Triangular UFOs of the United Kingdom and it focuses on the triangle-shaped craft that have been seen, including experiences of police officers, military personnel, even a former Conservative Party leader. Now, we know these triangle shaped UFO are, they've, they've been around for a while. I mean, we've had sightings in Belgium back, I think, in the late 80s. We've had sightings, of course, Phoenix Lights, sightings, and I think in Alaska. Um, they, 
often seem to be associated with mass sightings. That's been what I've been able to research at least. It says, describing the incident of 19, in 1999 that changed his life forever, Colin said, We had been for a meal and had just turned onto the Foss Way to come home when about a half a mile ahead of us we saw the lights hanging above the road. As we drove under them, this object started to ripple, like a Star Trek spaceship decloaking. It then reared up like a horse. It was about the size of a house, and it was very low. Just to the side of the road, we were no more than 100 feet away from it, but there was no noise at all. He says, Colin has spent much of his life working in aeroplane design and has traveled a lot, of, a lot in planes and helicopters, but he said as soon as it materialized, we could, we could all tell it wasn't from this planet. I think that's the difference between some of these objects that you see, the, UFO, the classic UFO, where the thing just uh, materializes uh, out of thin air. A lot like maybe somebody having a sighting of a ghost or a Bigfoot or something paranormal. The thing just materializes out of nothing. Compared to what I think might also be some of these uh, super advanced planes that we could have where you, you know they talk about the flying triangle type airplanes that seem to uh, defy gravity and they can travel very slowly across the sky or very quickly uh, making making uh, right angle turns you know on a dime oftentimes those don't just at least from my experience and I've seen a couple of these uh, triangle shaped planes that look like the the highly advanced stuff that you know you hear talked about they seem to follow normal flight patterns a lot of times, maybe, uh, but they don't perform like an airplane does. But you don't just see them like materialize out of nothing. I mean, they they follow some of the basic rules of physics, except that they don't seem to be impeded by gravity, and their speed can be quite fast or quite slow. What he's talking about here at this triangle, what I find interesting is how this rippling, he describes it as, where it just kind of ripples into existence. It's like it's breaking from one dimension into another dimension. That's a whole different level of UFO, I think. He says, says, everything suggests UFOs are coming from from a parallel world running alongside our world. I do not believe they've traveled thousands of light years to get here. While there was nothing negative about my experience in 1999, the facts that aliens themselves are not making themselves known suggest whatever they are doing is not going to be good for us. That's an interesting take. While there was nothing negative about my experience in 1999, the fact that the aliens themselves are not making themselves are not making themselves known suggests that whatever they are doing is not going to be good for us. That and they don't seem to be giving us any really uh, positive technology. I'm, I'm not seeing a cure for cancer. I'm not seeing a cure for uh, all the different mental illnesses that plague people. I'm not seeing a cure for any other rare illnesses, illnesses for that fact. All sorts of things that our humanity desperately needs and is looking for. Cures for different health problems. I'm not seeing any of that offered by these aliens. Uh, I'm hearing about lectures on the environment or impending disaster, but never anything that's really helpful. You know, when uh, explorers first met indigenous people that were less advanced to them, oftentimes the first thing they did was give them a steel knife or uh, a toolkit that made uh, building fires easier, some kind of technology. 
that would vastly improve their life from where they're at in the Stone Age. It, and maybe those indigenous people would give them some sort of food source or uh, plant-based medicine, something. There was some kind of trade going back and forth where they were helping each other out. Even if those indigenous populations were wiped out by foreign diseases or taken over or exploited or whatever, at least in that initial contact, for whatever the uh, motive was, they were given some sort of advanced technology that did help for at least a short while. The weird thing about these UFOs is it's almost as if they're playing the long game if they're here to hurt us because you don't see a, a major extinction event happening yet. But the contact that people have with these things just seems to be very, be very limited. It's either this very um, a rosy picture painted by people like Dr. Stephen Greer. You know, well, they're here to help, you know, kumbaya, let's all sit around the campfire and sing folk songs. Or sometimes we're hearing about um, prophecies of impending doom. Um, or how, you know, how the environment's being trashed by humans, something like that. But what we don't see is any really tangible, positive uh, effects happening from these things, regardless of what their intentions are. Now, I want to go ahead and take a look at this next article. Now, this next article comes from LifeScience.com. title says, Aliens may well exist in a parallel universe, new study finds. Written by Brandon Spector. It says, uh, dated October 14th, 2022. It says, should the search for alien life in our universe come up empty-handed, it might be worth checking in on a neighboring universe instead. According to a new pair of studies in the journal Monthly Notices of the Royal Astronomical, Astronomical Society, there's a decent chance that life-fostering planets could exist in a parallel universe even if that universe were being torn apart by dark energy. I think this goes back to that notion of the multiverse theory, where there's not just one universe, but there's multiple universes uh, coexisting together at the same time. It says, The idea that our universe is just one of many, perhaps infinite, other universes is known as the, yep, the multiverse theory. Scientists have previously thought that such parallel universes, if they exist would have to meet an extremely strict set of criteria to allow for the formation of stars, galaxies, and life-fostering planets like those seen in our universe. It says, in the new study, researchers ran a massive computer simulation to build new, to build new universes under various starting conditions. They found that the conditions for life might be a little broader than previously thought, especially when it comes to the mysterious pull of dark energy. It says, dark energy is a mysterious, invisible force thought to exist in the empty spaces of our universe. You could think, you could think about it as the arch nemesis of gravity. While gravity pulls matter closer together, dark energy flings things apart. And dark energy is winning this cosmic tug of war handedly. I think this kind of goes back to the notion that all things, toward, that all things tend toward disorder. Not only is our universe expanding thanks to the constant and visible push of dark energy, but the rate of that expansion is also getting faster and faster every day. It's thought that as more empty space appears in the universe, even more dark energy appears to fill it. Dark energy is not the same as dark matter, which is an abundant 
invisible form of matter thought to be responsible for some very weird gravitational phenomena around space. Scientists don't know exactly what dark energy is or how it works. Some think, some think it's an intrinsic property of space, what Einstein called the cosmological constant, while others attribute it to a fundamental force called quintessence with dynamic rules all its own. Others don't even agree that it exists, but whatever it is, everyone can agree that there's a whole lot of it. According to the best current estimates, nearly 70% of the mass energy of our universe may be made of dark energy. Think about that. 70% of the energy in the universe is something we don't even understand, that we don't even know for sure exists. You know, with all this uncertainty about even the basic composition of our universe. It's almost a joke that people could deny the phenomena of UFOs. I mean, there's so much we don't understand. I mean, it seems like the logical thing to do when you see one of these things is to chalk it up to unexplained first, rather than just try to debunk it. It says this quantity, for whatever reason, is in the right range to allow galaxies to grow and foster life. It is thought that if we lived in a universe with too much dark energy, space might expand faster than galaxies could possibly form. Too little dark energy and runaway gravity could cause every galaxy to collapse in on itself before life ever had a chance to appear. <clears throat> but the question of how much dark energy is, is too much or too little is a topic for debate. And it's this issue of quantity that the authors of new studies hoped to narrow down. So here we have this whole concept of dark energy that that the very existence of the universe may be dependent on, and we don't know how it works. We don't know what we don't know what uh, drives it. We're not even a hundred percent sure that it exists. It says across several experiments, an international team of researchers from England, Australia, and the Netherlands used a program called Evolution and Assembly of Galaxies and Their Formations to simulate the birth, life, and the eventual death of various hypothetical universes. In each simulation, the researchers adjusted the amount of dark energy present in that universe, ranging from none to several hundred times the amount in our own universe. The good news, even in universes with 300 times as much dark energy as ours, life found a way. The one thing I would caution here is, is this is a man-made program, and, and you know what they say, garbage in, garbage out. I happen to think life is probably a lot more rare than that. It says our simulations show that the accelerated expansion driven by dark energy has hardly any impact on the birth of stars and hence places for life to arise. And then it goes on and says, even increasing dark energy many hundreds of times might not be enough to make a dead to make a dead universe, that's good news for fans of extraterrestrial life and the multiverse theory. But a bigger question remains, if galaxies could still thrive on so much dark energy, why did our universe get handed such a seemingly small amount? He says, I think we could be looking for a new law of physics to explain the strange property of the universe. Wow. So what they're saying basically is, is that they think that the probability of this multiverse concept is much more likely than what they had first considered. And if there are multiple universes, as they suspect there could be, then the likelihood of life is also much more uh, common than what they had first thought. Given that, 
if we do have multiverses and we do have life in different multiverses, then we should expect to see someone from one of those multiverses try to enter our own universe. Pretty deep stuff. You know, this also, I think, has a has a more of a spiritual, almost paranormal aspect to it, too, as far as dimensions go. And you think about heaven and hell, or even the different places and different religions talk about, they all pretty much talk about different dimensions or different, I guess you could call them universes or worlds or whatever. So this idea that we're not alone goes beyond just whether or not we're not alone on this particular planet. It goes about whether or not we are even alone in this particular dimension that we live in. And how many dimensions do we actually have in the one that we currently live in? Now, I want to look at one more article here before we close this out. Now, on the topic of dimensions, we find here from uh, Harvard.edu. Yeah, that's the Harvard. It says, physical interpretation of the 26 dimensions of bosonic string theory. This is by Smith Frank D. Jr. I'm just going to read a paragraph here. The 26 dimensions of the closed, unoriented bosonic string theory are interpreted as the 26 dimensions of the traceless Jordan algebra J30 3x3 octane matrix with each of the three octanonic dimensions of J30 having the following physical interpretation and then it says four dimensional physical space time plus four dimensional internal symmetry space eight first generation fermium particles eight first generation fermion antiparticles. This interpretation is consisting with interpreting the strings as world lines of the worlds of many worlds quantum theory and the 26 dimensions as the degrees of freedom of the worlds of the many worlds. Now I didn't understand a lot of that but I can tell you what I do understand and that is that some really smart people at Harvard are sure that we have at least 26 dimensions and you know, I don't know how that compares to this whole multiverse theory, but I think we have to, at some point, realize that there's more to this space that we inhabit than the physical world that we just touch, see, feel, and hear. I think we have to realize that there's something beyond that, whether it's this multiverse concept, whether it's these 26 dimensions, 25 other dimensions, uh, whether it is some sort of a spiritual reality that we don't understand, you know, whatever it is, it's something beyond what we know in this current place that we're at. And if there's something beyond where we're at, then we have to assume the possibility that something could be inhabiting that space. That something could be entities, it could be aliens, it could just be thin air, I suppose. But if it is entities of some sort, of some sort of intelligence and some sort of capability of contacting us, then I don't think it's a stretch to think that they have reached out to contact us. And whether that's through appearing as spaceships or ghosts or Bigfoot or whatever it is, then it's up to us to realize and to think about what are their intentions? Are their intentions good or bad? They must have intentions. They've gone to all that work to come across space, time, whatever, to contact us. So once they get here, what's the message? And if the message is just more or less confusion, deception, if the message is, 
is to school us on how to treat our environment. If the message is to warn us of, you know, some great impending uh, tragic event, we have to consider all these things together. What we really have to do is we have to judge the situation with our emotional intelligence because that's the only thing that we're going to have a benefit or an advantage over somebody else or something else coming into our environment. The only thing we could possibly be superior at is with our emotional intelligence, with our discernment. So I find these, I find this research into these UFOs being from another dimension, interdimensional or from another universe, fascinating because I think it takes us down a path where we can actually get more answers. Of course, there's a lot more, a lot more rabbit trails, a bigger maze, more places to get lost, more confusion a person can fall into. But at the end of the day, we have to use our own discernment to try and figure out what we're seeing, whether they depend upon the, the government or some UFO rock star or whatever. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.